Okay, welcome to the Five of Wands. We've passed out of the sort of moment of peace and stability of the four. And we've changed signs. We've changed signs as well. We are now, uh, we were in Aries, we're now in Leo. So if we were going calendrically straight through the year, we would be doing the five, six, and seven of discs. But we decided since most people kind of go suit by suit that we'd do all of the fire uh, cards, all of the wands cards first. So here we are, uh, first decan of Leo. Let's see, hermetic title? The Lord of Strife. Ah, yes, the Lord of Strife, uh, which is, I think, such a such a great word. One of the things I just love about this word, and which one doesn't think about necessarily, is that strife we think of as being, you know, conflict, anger, problems, but it's also striving. That's it's, what I was right? just about to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, it is that's, striving. It's striving, and you know. We have to strive. We have to strive to thrive. A lot of the time people have problems with this card because it's, it's definitely a, a, a difficult or at least a challenging en- energy in some ways. And one of the things that's immediately helpful to remember is that it's striving. So you have to try, uh, whether you like it or not, or else, you know, what's the point in living? You know, when you're, when you're feeling oppressed by strife, think of it as striving and see if that helps. So, and, and it's strife in both the Crowley card and the uh, Golden Dawn card. The Golden Dawn um, came up with a nice pithy title, and I guess Crowley saw no need to, <laughs> no need to change it this time. We are zero to nine degrees of Leo, the first decan of Leo, which is ruled by Saturn. And it's a, as you can see, not a very comfortable fit. I mean, yeah, Saturn and fire. They don't yeah, get yeah. Good. Doesn't do too good in Saturn and Sagittarius either. No. Nope. Yeah. Nor Aries, yeah. which is in detriment. That's right. Or fall. One of or those. fall. Yeah. yeah. That's it's fall. I think is it's it? fall. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's exaltation fall. Libra yeah, it's fall. fall in Aries. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you can kind of like we think of Saturn as basically cold and dry, right? Yeah. And here we have hot and dry. So, you know, we've got this sort of the whole cold, dry holding power, um, you know attempt to contain things of Saturn versus the like expanding, hot, cracking, you know, radiating power of, uh, of, of fire fire, from Leo. And it's the strongest fire too, because it's fixed fire, right? Right. Yeah. So Aries, we had cardinal fire. fire. And now we have fire that is like steadily burning, no shortage of fuel, you know, burning hot and burning down, but weighed (laughs) down. So, you know, if you can imagine, um, you know, a kiln filled with ceramics and some of them crack, <laughs> you know. Right. The or, tension and the release. I think we both tension. like to think of this one as the pressure cooker where you've got, you know, the intense, you know, the container holding, holding, holding and the pressure building up inside it. That is the nature of this card. It takes place um, between July 21st and August 1st, Right. So that is the, uh, the middle of the middle of summer, technically or theoretically when it's as hot yeah, as it gets. Yeah. August yeah. 1st would be a, uh, cross quarter. Yeah. Day. Yeah. It begins with an L. Lugnusa. Oh, Lunasa. Yeah. Lunasa, I think there it's you go. called. So 
we're at the moment uh, at the cross quarter holiday of Lunasa. Okay. Um, right, right at the end of this decan. And uh, so we have here the weight of Saturn uh, combined with the strength of fire, fire in its fullest strength, the strength of Leo. And Givora, which another, mm. you know, term for that is sometimes strength. It is the fifth. Severity, but also strength, it's called sometimes. Right. And that's because this is the number five card, five associated with Givora, which is also associated with Mars. So we have Mars, we have Saturn, and we have the sun in kind of in contention in this card. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's bear in mind that's two malefics. Okay, so the associated majors are the world or universe and for strength. Saturn, right. Yeah, the world or universe for Saturn. Strength or lust for Leo. You know, when we talk about fixed fire representing strength, we also have that represented in the luster strength card. The idea that there's this rapacious love of life at work, you know, and this, this furious drive, this compulsion to live through time. And fives are also, um, I think in the Naples arrangement, fives are, you know, the motion of matter from the stability of the four, then the, the element of motion is introduced. Right, right, right. Here we have you, those. You, you do see the idea of motion in some of these cards. If you, if you think about it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. We have those seeds of disorder that were planted in the um, completion of the four. I like to call this card the disturbance in the force. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I was just sort of looking at your cards and thinking about um, how, you know, the Hebrew letters for them, we have two different kinds of t, right? Because we have tet mm. and we have tav. We have the serpent and the cross or mark right 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 that's evocative tougher yeah the two t's the, yeah the tau cross the cross of crucifixion in, mm -hmm. in some ways and the uh lion serpent of tet so it's almost like you have temptation contending with redemption yeah you know, or salvation or something yeah. in some way that's interesting that's really thought-provoking is there anything interesting about the paths of the majors? We've got the world. Oh, yeah, there is something because we've got. Yeah. So if you think about it's a cross again, it's a cross right. again. Right. Because so if you think about the paths of the majors that are associated with this card, you have the world, which is the final path straight up and down the middle path pillar um, right. between Yasod and uh, Malkut. And then you have this, the luster strength one, which is the one that goes between Kesed and Givora. Right. So yeah. you have a horizontal and a vertical. Again, so you have that. So it's like the lion serpent bound on the cross. Right. <laughs> in a way. Right. <laughs> right. It is. It is. That's really interesting. And it it's kind of like the, um, I'm just interested in it because if you so when when we do the lesser vanishing ritual of the pentagram, you're standing supposedly at the intersection of Samek and Pei. But if you, you know, move out from that, then you get, you know, then you get Tao and Tet. So that that's what we have here. It's this is sort of like the, the moment before they meet, you know, again, that interesting combination of the vertical and horizontal axes. We could um, mention the titles for the two majors. The oh, yeah. daughter of the flaming sword yeah. uh, meets the great one of the night of time. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. So one of the things that I think Waite said was that here we have some of the 
good things and bad things about Leo both represented. So the sort of generosity and strength of, of the sign, but also the sort of, um, I don't exactly want to say narcissism, but you know what I mean? That sort of like pride, thoughtless drama, drama sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Attention seeking behavior. The sort of like wanting to have to be in the spotlight, which is striving for the spotlight. Striving for the spotlight. Yeah. Exactly. Which is what Austin Kopik uses in 36 Faces. He calls it the spotlight in. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny when I look at my card, he's definitely on the spot. That's right. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So there's like this focused beam of light, you know, on the central figure of the card. Um, and, and there's also that, um, I don't know, there's a quality of contesting with others to gain, to be competitive and to gain the attention, um, by winning, winning, winning so much winning. And you certainly (laughs) see that idea in the weight card. Yeah. the struggle between the five figures bashing their wands about. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. My wand's bigger than yours. <laughs> and yeah. you get the idea of motion, uh, you know, the yeah. Gavura's motion mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. that card. Uh, Crowley calls the card not evil, but he, he, he says something like, it's the reluctance of workers to get moving after lunch or something <laughs> like that. So there's this inertia to overcome with motion. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I think he also says, or maybe Wade says, that it's the revolution, you know, rising up against the regime. Yep. And then I can see in in my card the idea of of motion, you know, that magma is under pressure. Yes. And it's going to come It's a volcano. But right now it's kind of, it's set that. Yeah, and the volcano is like the perfect metaphor because it's the crust of Earth, right, the Saturnine curse. Yeah, yeah, trying to hold in this liquid fire that's that's coming that's gotta up. Come out. That's got to come it's out. That's got to come out. Seeking release exactly. is one of the themes of this card. Uh, pressure right. seeking release. And if you've ever, you know, been in a, you know, in a crowd situation where where the mood is turning, it's like that. It's sort of like there's a dissatisfaction and a resentment that just grows and grows and, you know, until it's out of control. And there's something sexual about the card as well. Yes. Of course, Crowley goes on in great depth about this card because it was the degree of his ascendant or rising mm-hmm. sign uh, was eight degrees of yeah. Leo. And um, so he writes a lot about this card and he takes it into the realm of, you know, the Shiva, Shakti, Chaos and Babylon oh, right. yeah. meeting in Yab Yum position you know Mm -hmm. um okay like a sexual you ever see those tibetan statues where uh when the goddess is kind of mounted on the lap of the god and right oh that's what that is kind of that's the the yab yum i don't think he uses that word but that's what he's referring to right so there's something about also in in sexual congress of that pressure seeking release Mm -hmm. uh theme Mm -hmm. and you know yeah. Kind of yeah, like yeah. a puberty stage, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right. right. It, this is like uh, just before the point of no return. One thing that I thought was really interesting. So when you, I looked up his chart and his rising sign is exactly eight degrees, you know, no change, which makes me wonder which Sabian symbol it is. Is it? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you record a birth time, right. oftentimes it's a minute or so or few minutes after the actual mm-hmm. moment of birth so i looked up the two degrees and um 
I think it's the one before that, but who knows? Because the um, so if you look at the degree for the from seven to eight degrees, it's a communist activist spreading his revolutionary ideals. <laughs> and if you look at the next degree, the eight to the nine, it's glass blowers shape beautiful vases with their controlled breathing mm. which could make sense as well for both of them yeah for both yeah. of them but i wonder which one he actually is and uh, yeah it could be either could be kind it's of both exact, yeah it's right, it's on, right in it's the middle right on the edge so depending on how accurate his birth time is and uh, which yeah. which one it is you know yeah and we'll probably never know but but i like the really idea of the glass blowing you know again that combination of earth and fire yeah yeah and cre- yes yeah and yeah. creating beautiful things with controlled breathing again right that kind of uh tantric sex element right there um, so either one fits for him. And it's interesting, though, because the, the, you know, the, the, the guy speaking with zeal is also, you know, it's just a different form of breath, right? And it's a different way of a different fire, you know, right. sort of an intellectual right. fire, uh, rather than a literal one. The degree right before that is actually on my descendant. So is it? my ascendant and Crowley's descendant are opposite within a degree, oh, which is really interesting. It's interesting. Oh, Interesting to me, anyway, because I didn't learn, <laughs> didn't learn that until, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And I was like, huh. Huh. Yeah, exactly. So we would have got along, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's got his personal sigil, the um, mark of the beast on the mm-hmm. on the seven-pointed mm-hmm. star of Babylon. Oh, yeah. Um, I never noticed that. Yep. The one that yep. looks like yep. a penis looking at yep. you. Yep. Yep. There it is. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. So he put his mark on this yep. card and he put his mark on the Prince of um, Wands because this Deccan falls in the Prince of Wands realm. That makes sense. Yeah. And then the other card he put it on was the Ace of Discs because it's traditional to put your mark on the Ace right. of Discs. Right. So those right. are the three cards. His. It's interesting that he chose his to put his mark on his rising uh Deccan rather than his son. Yes. Yes. What was his son? Libra. He was October 12th. Hmm. So, um, right. So, so third Libra. So, right. Which would be, be um, the uh, four of swords, right? He hmm. identified far more with, with this card. Yeah. I can totally see that. We could look at the majors a little bit and see how they play out with the cards. Um, I mean, there's always a question when you have a Saturn card the influence of Saturn, how you read the world into the minor, right? The world or the universe. And because we think of the world, it's a, it's always weird because we think of the world or universe as kind of a positive card, a culmination. And yet we think of Saturn as being oppressive in a lot of ways. So we have to think of both the, um, the, the oppression of Saturn and the safety of the universe in that sort of womb-like Context, yeah. right? The it's, universe is a really strange card because it can be seen as an ending yeah. or a beginning. Yeah. You know, you could look yeah. at it as leaving Earth or being born and incarnated upon Earth. And, you know, there's negative things about each. Right. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> as exactly. wonderful as each can be. Right. And we also can think of it like at the end of 
pregnancy, which was called confinement, right? Yeah. You know, you also have the, you have the confinement of the woman, but you also have the confinement of the baby. And, you know, it's, it being on the point of being released and finished. So there's some pressure. There's some pressure. Exactly. I mean, yeah. What could be more intense than the passage through the birth canal? Well, that's kind of interesting because if we look at, if we look at this as, you know, that actual the pressure of mm-hmm. release in the next card the sixth then you have the sun you know mm, the as sun and S-O-N. the sun yes, yes exactly S-U-N and and s o n yeah yeah i think i think curly actually says something about that yep. yeah yeah so uh in in all world and universe cards you have the circular form you know the container basically and saying you know this is you don't go beyond this here are the borders here's saturn this is the limits of your universe but everything you need is in here don't leave (laughs) and then but then you have the strength or lust card which in all versions has some form of the infinity or lemniscate which is this 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 sort of desire for endlessness and infinity and 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 motion expansion yeah the symbol originally is the the motion of the sun throughout the year that never the infinity sign that because it never ends and it goes on and on and on drawing this pattern in the sky so it's about yeah. infinite motion. Right. So when you take those two together, there, you definitely have this kind of irrepressible force, immovable object tension going on. Yeah. So the, um, the, the Deccan imagery is, um, Do, bizarre. Uh, what do you want oh, to say? We should also go through each card as kind of like an yeah. individual thing. But sure. yeah, let's, if you want to go to the, yeah, Deccans. let's, uh, yeah, we can let's do, do that it. real quick and then we can go yeah. through each each card. So uh, Deccan imagery is a man wearing dirty clothes. This is the Picatrix. Man wearing dirty clothes and the image of a rider looking to the north and his body looks like the body of a bear and the body of a dog. It sounds like something from Revelation. And then uh, the from Agrippa, we have a man riding on a lion, which is appropriate, appropriate and straightforward. So there's like this animal imagery in, in both cases. And the significations are, on the one hand, strength, generosity, and victory, and boldness, violence, cruelty, wickedness, lusts, and labors to be sustained on the other. So you have this combination of ruthlessness and generosity, which are, that's, that's pretty good description of some of the positive and negative sides of, uh, fixed fire, you know, right. the, that they're both outward looking, but with different intents. And it's just so interesting that, you know, that we have a man riding on a lion. I mean, mm. that that came down to us through centuries of um, decanic imagery, but that the the spirit of this Deccan is definitely not to be trifled with. You know, there's potential, but there's also um, great capacity for violence. And I guess that comes with anything that's a you know, a five card. I mean, if you think, yeah, of, if you yeah. look at the number significations there, uh, disruption, freedom mm-hmm. from cycle of matter, creativity, and risk. Oh, I think yeah. that freedom from cycle of matter is really interesting. Right, right, because we have the four elements, and then we have spirit. Right, yeah. so five is both a sacred number and a scary number. <laughs> yes, there are also five um, Chinese elements as opposed to four. They think about it that way. Mm-hmm. All right, so shall we talk a little bit about each sure. each of the cards? Where do you want to start? We'll start with Rider Waite. Okay, so Rider Waite Smith, we've got those five young people. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's interesting is that 
Marcus Katz and Tali Goodwin in Secrets of the Waite Smith Tarot, they suggest that this is very comparable visually to a photograph of um, Pixie, Pamela Coleman Smith, putting up trellises at, um, at Small Hythe Cottage, which is, uh, which is Ellen Terry's, um, cottage where she spent a lot of time. So there was sort of a, um, the idea that it's kind of a work in progress that people are, you know, engaged in this physical activity towards a goal, um, not necessarily with great coordination. Yeah, if you've ever put up a trellis, you might know there's some struggle involved. I bet. <laughs> Both strife and striving. Yeah. A little off topic, but I just realized that also that this is, since it's a five and Leo's also the fifth sign. So oh, there's neat. a little affinity yeah. number wise there. Yeah, not that's that true. It necessarily means much, but. Well, why not though? Yeah. And, and, and I think it's interesting that they're all clothed completely differently. It's sort of like there is no, um. There's no harmony. <laughs> that's or right. They're not on a team. Right. <laughs> right. You know, this is not. Every man uh, for himself. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's, it's not a sport where they're all trying to accomplish the same goal. It's a sport where they're all against each other. Yeah. You don't see much, um, Leo, mm -hmm. you know, no hints of Leo, really. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I guess Saturn, you know, there is kind of a Earth element there. You know, there like, is in the sun. And also I think like, you know, they're... The uneven ground. I'm thinking about, yeah, the ground and the sort of barrenness of the ground and the fact that when you stomp on the ground, you know, whatever's growing is going to get crushed. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. So it's more of like the, the, the packed Earth of an arena than, you know... It's like the the last thing you want to have happening on your garden beds. <laughs> yeah, and it looks kind of uneven, like hard to get your footing yeah. there. Yeah, like they're all kind of struggling a little bit. Right, which makes sense. And it's interesting to think also that, you know, in the contention that they're in the contest that they're conducting here, the wand is both an offensive and a defensive weapon. Right. So, you know, they're trying to protect themselves and they're also trying to attack. And it's like they can't make up their minds, right. which it is. <laughs> Spin, pivot, thrust. <laughs> right. Which is such a contrast to, you know, if you look at it with the world, rider weight world and rider weight strength, you know, we have these sort of sedate, demure maiden figures. I don't know. This, yeah, this is kind is of the kind return of, of the repressed. <laughs> Right. Had to come yeah. out sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that, see, I've always had kind of a problem with the, the Waitsmith strength figure because it just doesn't capture that drive, you know, that, um, that sort of hunger that goes along with yeah, the card. It's a little too demure. It's not lusty, but, um, but, you know, I mean, as with anything, it's, it's all in the mind of the reader as well. So we can, we can read that into it. I guess you can see the mountain in the image as a little bit maybe symbolic of strength. Yeah. Endurance. Yeah. Okay. And uh, in Thoth, we have, um, the. I think with the wands, he real with the suit of wands, he was, you know, particularly ceremonial about it. I mean, each one has. Yeah, these wands these... are ceremonial wands, the uh, central one. The wand of the chief adept. You know, the, <laughs> right. Uh, Caduceus wand. Um, right. Right. It's got the twin serpents with the crowns. If you look at those little mm -hmm. crowns of upper and lower Egypt. 
So it's kind of a, a mastery. Oh, you're um, right. I didn't realize those were the crowns yeah. of Upper and Lower e- yep. Egypt on there. And we've got the winged disc, our favorite. Um, yep. <laughs> swing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, and know, you know, if you think about what other two cards mm-hmm. this uh, caduceus wand show up on, the magus and the devil. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting to... Yeah. Um, well, put into the mix in terms of the majors yeah because yeah. we're going to see it again on the six right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get the phoenix wands so that's particularly appropriate so those mm-hmm. are the wands of the you know major adept or second the adept second and, ed- mm-hmm. but i love that they're phoenixes because the card definitely has a theme of that you know purification by fire yeah. you know yeah burning mm-hmm. away the the dross. Right, know. right. Rising from the ashes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you have earth and fire again. And yep. I think that that's, I don't know, it's it's one of the things about the wands cards that's difficult if you don't have any knowledge of these particular symbols as wands because they just look like these esoteric looking wands. And how are you going to read into that? You know, right. so, so if you know that here we have the wands of the chief second and third adepts or adepts then you know that he's trying to convey some kind of mastery right Um, and then yeah the third one with the lotus that brings in a kind of feminine influence mm -hmm. of um bina and i guess gavura is on the feminine pillar and Mm -hmm. there's some feminine obviously with the two mages there's a feminine influence there you know with the lust maiden and the um the universe maiden and, you know, Gavora being on that pillar of severity mm-hmm. right underneath Bina, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. kind of deriving something from Bina, if, yeah. if you think of it that way. Yeah, and Bina being the third Sephira, you can also see these wands on the three of wands. So these lotus wands are, yeah, you know, related to Bina well. in that way yep. and the number three. Uh, then we have flames. We have uh, one, two, three, four, five. I think lotuses ten. are also mm-hmm. associated with, you know, re- the theme of resurrection as well. Mm-hmm. You know, something coming out of the muck, you know, the lotus yeah. flowers yeah. growing from the mud. Then we, Crowley mentions in his write up on the card about the uh, Pasht goddess, the lion, uh, yes. the lion goddess. Yes, Pashtra Pachet, uh, who is uh, a lion warrior god type. Goddess. Thing. Goddess. Female. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems especially appropriate with kind of the Babylon figure that we see on the lust card. He mentions her as being hailed with uh, words Saiva. Is that how you say yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Saiva. Sa- uh, I think it's Latin and ferox, which yes. is ferocious. Yeah. Savage and fierce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. meaning furious and cruel. And if you look in 777, this is also associated with both Horus and Nephthys, mm-hmm. which Nephthys was really interesting to me because the, the prior card with Isis being a goddess of birth, Nephthys mm-hmm. is her sister, more associated both with nursing the pharaoh and with mm-hmm. death. Mm. So she was both the, mm. the royal nurse and the, the death experience. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And in general, fives are associated with war gods, you know, whether it's Mars right. or, mm. you know, or, or, or Pasht. I or, could see Sekhmet as well. Yeah, Sekhmet for lion, sure. The yeah. The lion goddess. Right. I think it's interesting if you look at the universe and the lust cards next to it. I mean, you have these expressions of freedom that are so different, you know, uh, 
freedom, this, the freedom of the dancing maiden in the universe is circum, you know, she's, she's creating the world and she's enclosed within it. Whereas, you know, the, the, the maiden or not such a maiden, <laughs> the right. woman, the scarlet woman of the less card, you know, it's a very, uh, outward freedom. You know, there's, there's no, there's no constraints upon her. You know, she, she rides forth. Yeah. And it also the, you know, the cup of blood that she holds, it's, they're definitely, I think that there's real womb imagery in both of them. Definitely. Mm -hmm. But expressed in very different ways and different relationships to them. The last thing on the card, the flames mm -hmm. have some, you know, they're pointing yeah. in all directions. Yes. Not, just like in the weight card with the, the wands pointing in every direction, these flames are pointing in all direction. They're not steady. With the wands pointing you know, in every direction on the weight. Yeah, flames like a candle flame pointing up. They're yep. all kind of like yep. bursting out in, yep. in every direction. That's right. It's uncontrolled. No, no organizing principle. Right. And then in your card, we have a really fascinating mythological figure on there. Uh, Zervan. Yeah. Yes, uh, so what Persian, about him? Persian deity uh, associated with time, which mm -hmm. is appropriate for the, the universe. Mm -hmm. He was associated with time and limitless time, and uh, hmm. which kind of definitely reminds me of the great one of the night of time. It's, right. There's a resonance there. And he was also uh, mostly a uh, lion. He was a figure that was a... Uh, Leontocephaline, you know, uh, <laughs> lion-headed, lion, lion et al, <laughs> lion and others, yeah, uh, mixed yeah. together, um, neat together. And he's got the scythes yeah, of Saturn, of Saturn, and then you see that he's standing on the spot as we <laughs> mentioned, and he's bound to the Tau cross, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. just like we kind of talked about earlier, right? On the tree, so the it's serpent, kind of a serpent, yeah, the serpent around him. That's traditionally. You see him on statues bound with that serpent. Mm -hmm. um, and the serpent, you know, that comes from both the universe card. You see in in my universe card, you see the serpent is the circle mm -hmm. that she's within. Kind of like the, the Midgard oval. serpent. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. the serpent is also on the lust card. As mm -hmm. the lion serpent, it forms both the, the lemniscate mm -hmm. behind her. Mm -hmm. And uh, the lion's tail as the lion serpent. So the serpent in here has many different, you know, connotations, both for the motion of the sun, so the motion of Gerbera, mm -hmm. and also the uh, the the binding of the binding of the universe card. Yeah, the, the restriction yeah. of Saturn. It's got many, you know, connotations there. And uh, Zervan himself here, he's he normally is a composite figure, but I intentionally made him a composite of all of the four Karubic beasts. Oh, okay, I was going to say, yeah. To bring in the universe card. Mm -hmm. um, so he's got, you know, the wings of the eagle, and he's the lion, and the, the bull, and the man. Right, all, he certainly is. Yeah, he's got four, the wings as well. All yep. four creatures. And Neat. So he's yeah. holding the... Um, the Tau cross, and you see the positions of his hands again, indicating some internal pressure. Right, the way he's holding his fists clenched, 
like that yeah um, as he balances there what was his what was he in charge of as a god was he like a fertility god uh, well he one thing that he was associated with was the axis mundi oh. which is all the mm-hmm. center of the earth you know mm-hmm. which that's also you know if, when you think of where is the magma coming from yeah you know yeah so, and time and he had some uh godlike buddies that he hung around with i i don't have their names but they had to do with fire and wind mm-hmm. and time Time and space. Hmm. So all of those things kind of bring in the universe card and the lust card. So he yeah. was a really interesting. Um, he was just perfect for for this card, really. Yeah, I'm reminded again of something we were talking about just the other day about chaos as the child of necessity and time. Yeah, so, you know, necessity yeah, we is lust and time that. is the yep. universe and, you know, how inevitably chaos, which is a kind of strife, will erupt from those two forces. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes in some of the statues of him, he was also holding a key, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm. exactly why, but at the his statues were interesting because there was... Uh, an inscription that said lions who burn incense through whom we are consumed ourselves. Wow. Which is kind of, <laughs> yeah, that kind evocative of evocative of this card, you know, the purification by fire consuming yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And how about in life when you get this card, what's going on for you? Well, that's the pressure seeking release. You yes. know, that's definitely like you mentioned, the striving, the mm-hmm. need to move, the need to do something because, or if you're not, you're feeling under pressure. Exactly. If yeah. If you don't release yeah. it somehow, it's got to come out somehow. Is usually yeah. the message yeah, 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 for yeah. me there. Yeah. Yeah. When I was looking this up, I had, uh, there was definitely a theme, but it wasn't what I expected, which was that, you know, Lots of things to do and headaches. <laughs> so, you know, the pressure. Yeah, of the, the head pressure, yeah. With the fire within to, yep. and the urge to do things and the constraint against it. And I have a funny story about the Five of Wands, actually, when I was way back at the beginning of my tarot journey, like literally the first year I was in cooking school that year. And, um, and half of the course was a pastry course. So we were making puff pastry on an exam one day. I drew the Five of Wands. I went to my puff pastry exam and, and there we were. So to make puff pastry, you need a dowel that's like three feet long. If you do it the traditional way and you have a block of butter, which you have to pound. So there were five of us standing around a metal table with our, you know, wailing on these blocks of butter with these towels literally literally and, literal and i just like burst out laughing and everyone's like what mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? i was like it's too complicated <laughs> to explain <laughs> inside joke yeah but that's ex- you know it was cacophonous and you know we were all trying to get a good grade and it's about mastery yeah the, when i think of yeah. all the fives i think are, are about mastery you yeah know, when you think about the fifth mm-hmm. the fifth element you know right the mastering right. the other surpassing yeah. in this case it's mastering conflict i guess i know? guess so so, yeah. All That's right. a really cool story. It's really funny. It is funny. <laughs> okay, anything else? I think we kind well, of got colors. it. Oh, we the colors. Oh, the colors. We didn't do the colors. So the, yeah. the color for um, the Sephira is orange. So this is the Sephira of Givura, number five in the world of Atsilut, or the right. world of Yod, and it is orange. Um, what are the orange? Other, other colors of... Um, the other colors are uh, scarlet red, bright scarlet, and red-flecked black in the other 
in the other worlds, but in this world, the other suits, you yeah. might say, yeah, yeah, the other scales. But in one, here it's, it's orange, orange, which orange, is orange, the, orange. Uh, the energy of the sun, mm-hmm. which makes sense. The energy, the motion, the, yeah. the pressure, the the fire, right. The, the uh, fuel for the fire. Right. And then you have the then associated you, majors. Yeah. Then you have the colors for the associated majors. So for the, all the colors of Leo, you have the greenish yellow, the, the deep purple, the gray, the uh, and the amberish red. Mm-hmm. And for um, then the colors of Saturn, the indigos and the blacks and the blue blacks and the mm-hmm. black rayed blue. Right. And you can you can see that a little bit in Lady Frida's card as well in the Thoth. Card. Yeah, she's definitely got the uh, blue-black thing going mm-hmm. on. In the, and the yellow. The, <laughs> the yellow, she's got the orange, she's got the amber. Yeah, yeah. She's got the purple and the gray to some degree, and mm-hmm. the, um, the snakes and mm-hmm. the um, the purple of the lotuses and the wings on the caduceus. Yeah, I think in general it's a good idea for anyone who feels confused about Thoth colors on, in the minors, just put them between the associated majors and it all starts to make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can do that with the Thoth deck or my deck. That's true as well. Yeah, the, you'll the instantly see in colors. both the visual symbolism and the colors, really. Yeah, yeah. especially the, especially in your deck, the visual symbolism is really clear. Yeah, I love the way you, I, I never realized that you had all four beasts in, in your Zervan there. That is really cool. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to bring in the four you mm-hmm. know, from the universe card into one. All right. So and you know what? It was really mm-hmm. cool that not, probably nobody knows but me is that uh, <laughs> the... Uh, that effect of the uh, magma coming out of the top of the volcano mm-hmm. that was achieved by throwing salt into the air, <laughs> which salt is a is a Saturn universe thing in a sense. Yeah, you know? so you so you I, threw salt onto the card, I, I or how did you do onto it? The card, yes. And, and <laughs> when the ink was wet, and it created that. That's cool. Effect. That's really cool. So your original into wet, actually into has wet salt ink. on it. <laughs> well, and after it dries, you brush the, then you the brush crystals you can brush oh, off, and it leaves that, you know, those sparky looking. That's really effect. cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't do that with a brush tip. Neat. No, I threw salt at it. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Did you blowtorch it too? <laughs> no, sadly. So yeah, so that's the five of wands. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about uh, strife and striving. Uh, we talked about, uh, the compression and the release and the, you know, the, the strength of the fire and the weight of the earth holding, trying to hold it in. We talked about, uh, animals. We talked about lions and lion goddesses and warriors. We fire talk- and earth. Fire and earth. We talked about revolution and contests and the sort of outward push of both of the associated majors. We talked about mastery. Um, yep. testing and mastery confrontation confrontation and challenge yeah yeah it's kind of an audition card also yep. you know on the spot in mm-hmm. the on the spot and in the spotlight and if you've ever had a spotlight on you and you're like me you'll feel that <laughs> pressure <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i think we all do to some extent but yeah and it's interesting because uh, i didn't mention this earlier but austin Coppock talks a little bit about the the way the mask is the counterpart of the spotlight. So it's almost like you put on a role to be able yeah. to, yeah. To the the danger the, is to get out of the glare. <laughs> right, right, right. To protect yourself from the glare and also to, you know, provide yourself with a persona. Um, and the danger is that you won't be able to take off the mask. And I'm release. sure. Seeking release. Seeking release. That was another Absolutely. Theme, release of pressure. Right. Volcanoes, magma, uh, pressure cookers, and 
all kinds of uh, metaphorical analogs of that sort. So yeah, so I hope we shed some light and heat, <laughs> uh, more light than heat, I hope, uh, on this card for you. It's a really a fascinating one when you get into it. And uh, we hope you'll join us next week with the Six of Wands. <laughs> 